Hello, and welcome to another episode of I'm Thinking of Spoiling Things with myself, co-host Stephen, and as always with co-host Vaughn. Hello, Stephen. How's it going today? Definitely a different uh, day than the last podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's going great because I recently saw a really good movie and I'm really happy to talk about it. I'm very, very excited. <laughs> So this is a this is a special episode, Mark. It's mm. an important milestone in our, yes. our podcast's history because this is the first movie that we don't agree about. Our, our takes on it are divergent. Yeah. Oh, we want divergent. No, unfortunately, we're not. That would actually seems like kind of a fun podcast. I've never seen any of the divergent movies. Oh, they're not good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't expect them to be good. But no, today no. we are talking about Ridley Scott's House of Gucci, the best Ridley Scott film of the year. Now that is a take that I will not abide oh, I by. To, I wanted to get that in there straight away. I, well, I watched um, in one weekend, I watched uh, The Last Jewel, which is okay, um, has significant flaws. Um, and then I watched House of Gucci, which I have not had that much fun in a long time. What a, what a glorious film. And that's how, I, that's how I wish I felt about it. I went into it really wanting to have a lot of fun with it. because To join the Gucci gang to join the Gucci gang because I, I that's what I was expecting going in I expected you know there's times where Ridley Scott just kind of says I don't give a shit about anything I'm gonna mm. do whatever the fuck I want and most of the time I like that I like Alien Covenant because clearly Ridley Scott does not fucking care I know you don't agree with me <laughs> um but that's kind of how it was the worst Alien movie <laughs> but that's what I was expecting going into this is just like he doesn't care he's having fun that's mm. fine and it's not what I got. And I was so upset by that because I really wanted to enjoy it. But you came out differently. You were able to find the uh, the fun in there. I Yeah, I, I, I turned to Emma as I left and I said, I don't know if that was a good movie, but I had a hell of a time. <laughs> um, and she, she agrees. That's just, and, and annoyingly, I think there are parts in it that I think are a very good movie. I think there there is... This is a film of two films. Um, I do agree with that. Completely juxtaposing films. Um, one of the films which could be actually great. There, there is a great film in here which is Agreed. weighed down by the funniest film of the year. Um, there's this wonderful comedy, this like buddy comedy between Al Pacino and Jared Leto, which is just... <laughs> I would absolutely watch that. Oh, I think yeah. that's... I'm... I think that's really the the problem with it is that it does feel like two movies and I would have liked probably either one of them. Yeah. I don't like both of them at the same time because I really was on, I was on board for probably the first hour and then- I think the first hour was very good actually, which is I think it why I'm going. And I was yeah. so tired of that at that point. And it's just, I think even if it was 40 minutes shorter, if it was only a two hour film, I would probably like it significantly more, but it's two hours and 40 minutes and it's, I just, I'm, I can't do it. It's too I, it much. Zip, generally zipped by for me. Like I did not feel the length of it at all. Oh, I, I wish I had. I wish yeah, I had felt the length. No, really fun. Kept going. Like even when I was like having fun at its expense, I was still very much having fun. Right. And it was it was well paced. It's it's really interesting because like this is really Scott. I agree. This is really Scott. It doesn't give a crap mode, but he's been in that mode for years now. Um, and it's. This is him making a Scorsese film. Um, it is structured like a Scorsese film. Yeah. Like one of, not, I mean, obviously Scorsese makes a wide variety of films, but the, the film that, to his own chagrin, as is clear from The Irishman, um, to his very much chagrin, um, <laughs> that he is known for, is these 
multi-character crime stories and then right. this takes gucci and it makes a multi-character crime story out of it um that evolves and becomes more of a crime story as it goes it's kind of like right. kind of like misbehaviors that turns into a, a large crime narrative and it, it even has a bit the syntax of a scorsese film so it's got like this like long timeline that is like zipping through zipping through it uses um pop music to set the time periods incorrectly at a bunch of points like um, <laughs> there's a 70s wedding of an 80s song that's very funny to me i like that a lot um so it's got the trappings of scorsese but it's like the Travis of Scorsese without the very affected, very stylistic directing and right. kind of like um, overall production design of a Scorsese film. And for me, I like that because I think a lot of the Scorsese films I don't care for as much as most people because they get lost in their own aesthetic. Like I'd say Casino and um, Wolf of Wall Street are the two worst offenders here for me of they want to show this like glitz and glamour and essentially critique it. But because their filmmaking is so in concert with glitz and glamour, and that's where the entertainment comes from. The critique falls flat and they end up being these like glorifying things where it's fun, even when it's like Casino is, is better than that because Casino like gets into gnarly bits where it's just like, well, that's just gnarly. Whereas Wolf of Wall Street just, right. I, which is just a movie I despise, is just like, it just accidentally is just complete glorification. This film is not made well enough to glorify what it's about, which yeah, is praise. I think that's part of the the conflict for me is that it it wants to be that and it's not, like it doesn't do any of it well it doesn't interrogate the characters it doesn't depict it all that interestingly and it just kind of all falls flat for me personally like i would probably have a different opinion now i like the wolf of wall street the last time i saw it several years ago um but i I think regardless of where you land on those films i think that there's something to be said for the consistent tone which i don't think this movie has i think that this movie it's well, so it's all over movies. the place. If it wasn't two movies, it would have it. Right, and that's cons- what I'm saying. The, if the, the tone... two movies have separately consistent <laughs> <laughs> That's true. If it had just been completely ridiculous and campy and fun, I would have been totally on board with that, even if it failed to dig into why the characters are terrible, greedy people. Mm. But it gets super serious and then doesn't do that either. And that's, I think, where it really just falls apart for me. I for me it was just it was just baseline engagement because uh, the 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 serious storyline um, is about um, Adam Driver and Lady Gaga's characters right. and they were well portrayed enough in the beginning that even when they lost a sense of characterization because the back third they just they lose that it's um, bad. I, I was compelled by the actual like I didn't I mean I don't know anything about this stuff so like I didn't know what was going to happen so I was I was intrigued in a historical sense in that sense been like I want to see how this wraps up and the introduction of like Tom Ford towards the end I thought it was really interesting I didn't know about that stuff I know Tom Ford is a filmmaker yeah, so I've <laughs> um, seen both his films I like them both a lot actually I think he's a, a really outstanding filmmaker. <laughs> there's another thing we disagree on because I hate nocturnal animals I really like nocturnal animals I mean, it's a really cool movie I've seen it a couple of times I would m- maybe need to see it again um, I do I mean I, I have issues with it in terms of um, how it treats women um, it, it treats women yeah. very very badly um, but I thought it was a really cool movie I read, I read the book as well I think the book is really really interesting as a film about the intersection of fiction and reality and how we can use fiction as a place to like explore darkness and whether that not re- reflects our actual darkness i think is really fascinating i like stuff about that and it's a very stylish film about that i think the concept works way better than the actual Mm. movie does for me i like the idea of it but i think Mm. just the way that it uses those concepts is terrible and offensive in my eyes but i I, maybe i I get that i I, a lot of people do love that movie 
I think it's great. There's a scene early on in that film where, like, I, you know, we, we both watch a lot of horror films and we get to the point where very few horror stuff actually does right. much. There's a scene on a road which I found deeply terrifying. Of just, it is very just, unsettling. Just stuff where people just do stuff out of nowhere always right. kind of gets me. Um, and so that stuff I really, really like. It's just really, it has a threatening vibe to that movie. So, yeah, Tom falls in it and he comes out really well. They just read him a review at some point and just leaves. It's funny. So, that stuff I liked. I liked that it got towards like a crime narrative I didn't know about. Um, it became kind of like it reminded me of something like I Tonya or something in like tone towards the end. That it was like pushing towards kind of like that kind of like slapdash style. And right. I, that would have worked a lot better. Um, I agree with you. The kind of like the kind of like sincerity of tone that it takes on in the, right. the last act doesn't fit with because then it becomes an actual tragedy. And, and we'll get to Jared Leto in a bit. Um, I think Jared Leto is. I'm going to say two things. This is one of the worst okay. performances I've seen in any film ever. Um, he's brilliant. Um, one of the worst performances. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it so I, much. I understand completely what you're saying. And anyone that has seen the movie, I think will understand completely what you're yeah. saying. Both of those things are true. And any praise about the performance is not praise Jared Leto, who is terrible in this movie. It's a terrible performance. It's so badly directed. It's the most fun. It's so good. It it's, is Jupiter ascending. Right. It, it, it's, it's wonderful it's just so it's not good it's just so standout because he's in a completely different movie than everybody else he's seen. in no movie that anyone has ever made he, he is so so good but we will have to save that because it actually it, it does the i always call it the animal house thing but it's like most movies it does the thing at the end where it goes and here's where they are now and i do i do like the film but this point was when i was like oh actually that was really exploitative when it reveals yeah. that the character he plays died in poverty in london i'm like I've been it's laughing right. this it's so for, weird and then three hours and now i feel really bad about that yeah i think that kind of just plays into the my larger problem being that i just the real life aspect of it doesn't work which is ironic because it's a true to life story but i think it doesn't introduce enough for me to really care about it being real and it's so like that crime stuff is not introduced or used well enough for me to that when it gets to the point of that final tragedy at the end what it's building to i just there's no weight to it and i just don't care and it's almost like the movie expects me to know about it going in so that there's a yeah. baseline tension that i know that this is what's going to play out right but i don't know that at all i don't know if it's a thing that most people know and i'm just out of touch <laughs> but i don't know anything about this story and so there's none of that tension and then when it just tries to throw it all in at the very end and Lady Gaga's character kind of just turns on a dime. <laughs> I, Not I as think... bad as another character turns on a dime. Jesus Christ. There is a, <laughs> as I've said many times, there is a point in this movie where a character goes to Switzerland and becomes a different person. I, th I mean, I think that's a problem with, I mean, I guess both of the main characters. I mean, it's about Adam Driver and Lady Gaga's characters and they both change so quickly without a lot of good plotting for that, I think, which is strange for a three hour movie. Mm. Um, that it feels like it's missing a lot, but it does because like you said, there's a there's points where the characters leave for a while and then show up and then it just, because the story demands it, they're completely different people. Yeah, so like it, it's built around how Adam Driver's character is like not the family man, wants to do something else, is very kind right. of like meek, is not driven by these things. And that's persistent and like has this really like loving relationship, blah, blah, blah. Um, is being manipulative, doesn't really realize that. That's again, part of his character. And then he gets on a motorbike, leaves, goes to Switzerland, and just becomes this obsessed Lothario. Like he becomes just like obsessed That's with so blitz. weird. 
and glamour and money and everything around it and embarks yeah. on what begins with an affair and then obviously isn't an affair because he has, gets divorced and it's just like okay you're, you, you are new now so Switzerland right. is the villain of this film because that's the whole thing is that it paints sort of Lady Gaga's character as not really the villain but like she is the one that comes in and she's the catalyst for all of like basically everything she she wants all that glitz and glamour she has that drive that greed for all of the the wealth and the money and so she meets adam driver's character Mm. and basically the whole movie is her like pushing him towards this stuff so that she can be a part of it because she wants to be a part of the gucci family she has to push him the gucci gang he doesn't want to be in the family but she says no you have to be because then we can be rich basically and then, right, at some point, there's just a turn where now he is the one that, like, it worked on him to the point where I guess he is that person now. And now he's like, I don't have enough, I don't have any use for you. So it just, it, I, I think Which that's Which if it switching... was a cleaner movie that was that movie, I think it right. would work. But because it keeps cutting away to Al Pacino and Jared Leto just <laughs> right. being hilarious, it just is like, oh crap, we need to have the act one and act three and act two got covered up by shenanigans but the shenanigans are so fun the title i agree that's sensitive with everything i say right and like <laughs> but and all of your points are correct i didn't really care like i never believed in the world i never thought there's real people but i found it so pulpily entertaining um and i just enjoyed watching it slip through just doing its narrative thing but i just didn't care i had a fun time it was well put together um it's the performances apart from Jared Leto are are, are good um, and keep yeah. invested. I think the relationship set up between Lady Gaga and Adam Driver at the beginning is absolutely it's actually brilliant. Um, the, I agree the, with the that. Accents yeah. are dodgy. Um, they shouldn't be doing accents. It's annoying. And it Adam is Driver's accent is fine. It is weird that there's two Ridley Scott movies this year that are historical movies that take place in other parts of the world, directed yeah. by a British director who has yeah. English speaking actors. In one movie, they completely ignore the fact that they're in France. They just speak English, Hilarious. no accents at all. It, but it and works. then in this it, movie, right, and it works, and you're just you just believe it. It's like uh, Chernobyl, where they just kind of do it, and you just kind of buy into it. Yeah. But in this movie, and they're like, nope, they're all gonna have extreme characterization, <laughs> Italian accents, and it, we're just not gonna talk about that. You know, there's yeah, and two completely different takes on that. Though House of Gucci is a superior film to Last Jewel, that is the the, the area <laughs> where I would say that Last Jewel has it above it. <laughs> I just I, I can't agree with that take. I think the last because no, I, I think it's interesting that they're so similar in a lot of ways. I mean, they have the both the same based on a true story sort of historical retelling premise. They're both very long films they're both victims of form like the form of the film doesn't isn't used effectively and either maybe you disagree with the last i i do disagree on the last duel but i just think it's it's interesting that i i i think it worked for me and i wonder if like how much of that is because you watched the last duel at home am i correct Mm. and Mm. i watched it in theaters and i think that it's possible that that's more of that captive like i was there in the theater and yeah it's harder to get distracted and easier to you know, be sold on that length, lengthy presentation of the narrative. Um, You've seen Rashomon, right? Yeah, I like Rashomon a lot. Yeah, it's just that sense of being like, it's just, it's been done and it was done for a reason. And just using that structure but to not do that thing and to not be actually a movie about truth and falsity, just to be just three narratives in which only really the third narrative matters. And like, why isn't that narrative the whole thing? And because it feels so rigid, it's just like, bam, bam, bam. And if it wants to be a story about nuance um, and perception, which it does, 
it needs to be a nuanced, flexible film. And it's just not a nuanced, flexible film. It's just linearity, we stop. Linearity, we stop. Linearity, we stop. And I just fell up a scene. The same thing again. Yeah, I think, I mean, I can understand that critique. I think that it's definitely structured in a very specific way. And I can see that working for some people and not working for other people. I, I, I That makes sense. I just, I think that, the difference between these two movies coming out in the same year from the same director is really interesting. I mean, obviously they're completely different writing teams and that mm, shows yeah. a lot, but I, I think the different results, I guess for both of us, I mean, that's interesting that there's these two movies that are so similar in a lot of ways and the end result is very different. Yeah. I, for I better or for it's, worse. It's, it's that thing of last jewel tries, but I don't think the people behind it, um, I, it sounds really mean, but know their stuff, really. Like, I don't think Ridley Scott is the best lens of that story at all. And I feel when it gets into representing the female experience, which that film needs to, his lens just isn't isn't good for that at all. Um, I think I, I can understand very, that. Is, 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 is very good in it. But, and also you've got the Matt Damon um, Affleck script with Nicole Hoffinson, something like that. I oh, that sounds that. right, yeah. Uh, um, so she was brought on. And this really annoys me. I've spoken to some people about this, but the sense of, they brought her on tokenistically and i'm going to use that word because they felt that they needed her perspective it was like if you felt you need her perspective why are you writing this movie why are you still involved that's true i i can understand that and i think that the last duel's strengths are in the writing and not the direction i don't think that really mm -hmm. scott doesn't need to be that person i like the movie and i think that there's aspects of his direction that i think add to the movie but i agree that he is not like the director that needed to be doing that movie and that mm -hmm. someone else could have done it just as well or better if it was presented in a slightly different way. I think that a lot of it is the the writing and the same way with with House of Gucci, I think for me at it's, least, the writing is the downfall of it. And yeah, no, you're, Ridley you're Scott's trying to do something else with it. I think neither of them are particularly striking movies, but I think that um, Gucci is a better looking movie um, than House, than, uh, uh, sorry, than Last Joe. Last Joe, I think is just such a bland looking film and is so visually uninteresting whereas at least there are some snappy bits in Gucci like the dance sequence towards the beginning I think it's quite front-loaded in terms of the bits that look visually interesting yeah I agree there with is that. some visual interest in the first hour and it just helps that I guess like actual Italy is more photogenic than boring medieval castles but also That's it annoyed fair. me like as like my parents are in France like and actually one of the battles is in the nearest city where my parents live. Oh, and, really? And um, the Battle of Limoges, which is at the beginning. So that's, that's the okay. nearest city to where my parents live. Um, so I've been to that part of France a lot. Man, it gets really cold there in the winter and it's really hot there in the summer. And there's not that much difference. Stop filming every medieval film like it's medieval England. There is this kind of like Anglo-centric like presentation to okay. I can the medieval that. period in this right. film, which pissed off Emma more than pissed off myself with the sense of being like, you're just making it misty, muddy, kind of like holy graily, because that's we see the medieval period as being right. Dark Ages Britain, which itself is a, a very debated and disproven concept of the Dark Ages, which is a nonsense. And it just it uses that as aesthetic, and it's just like the film has no interest in being in France, does not feel French. I don't want French accents, but it just right. feels like oh, it turns out the story and tale was a French story, but we're going to film it as just like generic medieval swamp movie. Yeah, I can agree with that. It doesn't sell itself very well at all as a French film, which I, like you said, I think the decision to not do accents is a good decision, but then the rest of the movie should have done a better job of showing that it is in France and not, like you said, in England. Um, 
but i do like the movie um gucci i think I do agree. It's very front-loaded with the interesting stuff because the front is so much more upbeat and it follows those beats visually. But then when it gets to the second half, it's really dragged down because it has to take itself seriously and everything kind of follows that. And it just kind of starts to slog more and more for me. Like the beginning is so much fun and it's not taking itself super seriously. So it's kind of like, okay, I can kind of get into the groove of this. But once it's just people sitting in rooms having Mm. meetings talking about money and it i just i I kind of checked out at a certain point i was like okay you know where where is this the shoe bit was good i like that little kind of like interplay with alpacino's anger about the shoe that was (laughs) that was entertaining there was there was just an like you are right the 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 back for the movie is not very good because it it needs to be a film that it can't quite be it hasn't set itself out to be but there were just enough bits in it to keep me constantly invested one of them was just the mystery if i didn't know what was going to happen how it's going to be i knew that he was going to die i didn't quite know what's going to and like stuff around that was interesting and as much as it is a criticism them being wildly unpredictably different characters all of a sudden was also somewhat interesting to me (laughs) like this movie could go anywhere at this point and Man, let's talk about the Jared Leto elephant that's in the movie. Um, because, yes, he yes. is terrible, but I generally cried with laughter like five times. And like, <laughs> it's it's so funny. It's so funny. I cried with laughter several times. It's not trying it's, to be what well, it's trying to be, but it's trying to be in the wrong way. But, right. It's interesting because I think he is both the best and worst part of the movie in his own, yeah. in, in, in certain ways. Like, because there are great moments with his character that are just so fun to watch because he is terrible and is in a completely different movie. He pisses and on scoff and the film just doesn't do that. It just doesn't. It's so random. I do love that part because like it is, he is in a different movie. It's never really questioned. He just does whatever he wants and it's great. But also in the same way, he has moments where there are certain jokes in this movie that are just offensive and I just... I was very frustrated with them being written into the movie at all. Yes. (laughs) You are correct. But every time, just Jared Leto was in the back of the screen, I'm already giggling because he's going to speak. And the accent he's doing is so funny. And I'm not even going to imitate it because it would be, one, offensive, and two, I could not do it justice. But he is just like whale song in the background, Waluigi whale song, just like doing his own thing, just overtaking this film. And I hate Jared Leto, so I find it so satisfying quite how abysmal he is. And it's so funny. And it gets that thing of being like, the film is still good for me because I had a great time, even if that at the expense of the film. Right. It's and I can, I can totally understand that. I wish, I think this would, this is a movie with enough missteps that I would not like it overall no matter what but i i mean i i think there's there's a world where i could enjoy it just as a fun thing to watch i wish that i had enjoyed it more but there's enough in there that it's certainly there is an enjoyment level to its absurdity which i think i had the opposite experience then because i felt like it was there was enough in it that i liked to give me goodwill to therefore its ridiculousness i was just like i'm gonna roll with the ridiculousness here because it's ridiculous because i i did like the, the bare bones of the film i found the bare bones very compelling and i wanted to know the, the story and i wanted to know the characters i wanted to see what happened with them because i was so enamored by the beginning that i thought was actually really good filmmaking for like about an hour um right and then then i was just so enamored. and then i just couldn't wait for jared Leto. <laughs> so, and it's i i think what you say about the beginning, the beginning is interesting. I think, I wonder how, what, 
what difference it would have made to just alter the beginning very slightly because you're talking about being interested in just the events of the film and what how it was going mm. to end yeah. and I think I mean it has this opening scene where you are seeing it doesn't tell you but you're seeing Adam Driver's character in the future basically on the date of his death but it yes. doesn't it doesn't telegraph that at all it's just him getting coffee he rides his bike back home and then someone calls out his name and the title card comes up I so wonder much. I wonder what difference it would have made if that opening scene had actually shown him getting killed i think there's certainly an impact to the way the end shows his death mm. but i think there's a lot more tension in knowing that he's gonna die and not knowing how he got to that point rather than here's this character you want, you want sonic the hedgehog is what you want, <laughs> you, want... <laughs> you always bring up a movie that i do not expect you to bring up in the slightest <laughs> Um, how did I get here Bam, but I think I think that's the problem with the movie expects you to know what the story is and I don't and I'm, I'm wondering how much I different it the would be scene of Adam Driver looking fabulous in great suits he does look fabulous I, the, the, I, I, you know, I'll keep it anonymous for their sake but the anonymous person that I watched the movie with um, so the, the previous day we watched also with the same anonymous person The Last Jewel and there's a, there's a plot point in The Last Jewel where it relies on Adam Driver being objectively handsome. That's one of the plot points of the movie. <laughs> that is, is one of the Adam plot Driver points of the movie. is an objectively handsome man. And this person, who I will not name, and myself, like Adam Driver is very atypically handsome and is like has a big like kind of like sex symbol following, but he's that kind of thing. I go back to people like John Goodman's using an example of if there was a female actor. Um, that was as similarly atypical, they would not be cast in things and they would not be given main roles in things. Men are allowed to look different in a way that women right. are not allowed to look different. Um, and it's really weird in the last year where I was like, well, Adam Driver's so obviously handsome. Like he's handsome in a very like modern, different take yes, on masculinity that's true. kind of way. Yeah. And in that film, I'm like, no. But then the same person that I saw it with said, but in this movie, I got it. And I said to them, that's because he's wearing very nice clothes, though, isn't it? That's right. That makes a huge difference. <laughs> yeah. And so much of the film for me is like, just looks like the clothes are good. It's stylish. It's a fun time, which isn't usually me. I'm not usually that kind of person that's suckered by that. But Adam Driver in his just cool suits, just like, I like the open. He's grabbing like a croissant or something. In Italy, I guess it's not probably not quite I think it was just coffee. Yeah, he's having his espresso, um, having a great time. Loving it. I'm already loving it. I do agree with that because it is it is great to look at it is very well mm. designed the production design is great the costumes are great mm. um and in that world where the movie is 40 minutes shorter and focuses more on being fun i think i would really like this movie because i think that those, then you've got 40 that, minutes of the, bonus the hilarity of 40 <laughs> minutes of bonus hilarity you've got a two-hour good movie with some scenes missing which is confusing and an extra 40 minutes of just pure comedy gold and that's the that's the that's an issue for me is that I both think it's way too long, but also if it was shorter, I don't think you can tell the story properly. So I'm not really sure where to go with there. Um, I want to talk about, it's, it's funny. We just recorded our Eternals episode last week. Yes. Last week. Correct. It's been a week since then. Um, and we talked about Selma Hayek's character in that movie. She's also oh, in house yeah. of Gucci. I do not understand her character in any way. And that's oh, like, that's like no, me no, no, saying, no. I kind of wish the movie was longer because her as a character 
is not developed in any way, but also I want the movie to be shorter. Can do you have like I you explain her character to me or did, did no, I just no, miss no, no, something? No, no, no. no. There's, there's a bit in the movie which I thought it was doing inherent vice. Um, there's a bit in inherent vice where Bigfoot Bjornson starts speaking out of the TV directly to the protagonist <laughs> because the protagonist is high, and that's a joke in the movie. Right. And there's a bit in this movie I was like, oh, we, is this like it's this so a, a strange. <laughs> so Selma Hayek shows up as like a tv personality on like an infomercial where she's selling you like a tarot reading yeah she and plays pina is that her name right could not tell she's you called pina and you're thinking wait is this the vim vendors movie pina no no it's not, it's not a great movie, though. <laughs> but i do believe that a women a vim vendors movie is good mm, um it's very very good documentary about pina the dance girl the dancer <laughs> an excellent movie so she shows up and Lady Gaga calls her to get a reading on her future. And is just like straight in touch with her directly. Look at it like in those like there's no delay for that now. <laughs> like um and that's fine. Like it kind of fits with Lady Gaga's character that's been introduced hmm. so far. But then suddenly they're best friends. Yeah, but they're clearly like the, I, I I think I think it works because it's made so very, very clear that this is such a transactional best friendship in which Pina That's is just true. there to get, because Lady Gaga's character has a lot of money and is just there being like, yeah, 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 do this, while in these luxurious scenarios. And we know that Pina is a con artist because we have the extra technical right. knowledge that, well, we know these things are a sham. Um, and I that think works. that's... I think that's true, but I also don't think the movie sells me on it well enough. True, yeah. I mean, maybe she's, not. She's so ancillary in the movie, but she's also, like, an extremely important character at the same time. At the end, most certainly so. Right, like, it, you barely get any screen time with her, and then in the final 20 minutes, Lady Gaga's like, and I want you to kill my husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, all right, let's do it, no problem. They had a spa day. If once you had a spa they day, had a spa someone, day. you'll kill their husband. Hey, all right. Have you you've seen strangers on a train? I've not. Okay, fine. Well, I well, well it's people don't watch strangers on a train and be like, wait, there's one train journey and you're gonna murder somebody. But oh, when Ridley Scott does it in House of Ducci, suddenly it's a problem. <laughs> well, I think it's more that that whole plot line just it seems half-baked to me. History has to happen in a way that is at odds with the film, basically. Right. That's that's exactly it. Is It's trapped in reality because it's based on reality, but if it wasn't reality, it would be much more entertaining because you could yeah. just do whatever you want, but you can't just make a movie a about not real Gucci's. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a live-action cartoon based loosely on these characters. It's like like death of stalin or like david Coffin or something it's just like so like out but not as well written as movies so it's like outlandish takes on these real people and then it's, suddenly it's like but the real thing does need to happen so um, i, I want to like now. i want to like recut this movie so it's smash cuts from the insanely absurd sex scene in the first act to the final 20 minutes of the movie <laughs> and just you you have to ex- assume that those are both from the same movie because they somehow are yeah yeah but, i watched that there's <laughs> just so many good bits in that opening though i like when adam driver is just like hanging out at the truck wash just like washing trucks and having like a water fight with um <laughs> it's like, like zoolander like yeah with like an italian version of a song that i forgot i'm playing in the background like, it's really fun that's that wham Who's song there? if that wham song was in the movie i would have been sold 
movie's good like it's it's just it compels all the way through when it's not good it's hilariously not good we've got nothing here to dislike and I like that even though we disagree, it seems like there's kind of an even split that continues. You know, we've got friends that absolutely love this movie and other friends mm. that feel more similar to how I do that it is just kind of a mess that is not very good. But so I guess that kind of that kind of continues. At least I don't feel completely mess. alone. <laughs> it's a glorious mess is what it is. I, I, I almost feel like I should watch it again. I don't particularly mm. want to watch it again, but I almost feel like maybe if I went in with a different mindset like you know sometimes you watch something and you're like I didn't like that but maybe it was just me and you kind of want to see it again and that's kind of how I feel about this like maybe feel, maybe if I watch it again I'll enjoy the the fun aspect of it more but yeah, I'm not if sure I'd if I'll ever blind, revisit it. I don't know it. what I thought but like seeing it and hearing about Jared Leto and hating Jared Leto and then <laughs> hearing Matt describe it as the funniest film of the year and he is correct it is the funniest film of the year I lost more in this than the other movie was just like I was so excited to watch it because I wanted to have a reaction to it and I had a very positive experience with the film I had a really good time watching the movie I would disagree with you if I could think of another comedy film that's released this year that I really liked but I don't know that there is so I might I might have to agree that this is the funniest movie of the year but let me okay let's let's I mean Clifford obviously um oh boy I don't think I laughed once at Clifford Nope. Um, Alien on stage is a, is technically a comedy, but that's a documentary, so it doesn't really count. Um, Stormy yeah. Mansions is is a comedy, but you haven't seen that. Yeah, it's looking at really my comedy, list as well, I, I don't. There's really not any comedy in here. It has not been a great year for funny movies. The Twelve Day Tale of the Monster that Died in Eight is a comedy. Um, Hong Sang Soo films are all kind of comedy. Um, uh, yeah, it's a summer film Luca I guess yeah it Zola. doesn't really I don't think yes. of I don't think of either of those as like Luca Zola the Suicide Squad do I not have I feel like I don't have Zola on my list for some reason Ghostbusters but... Afterlife wasn't a comedy French Dispatch that's a comedy Oof. Nah, you couldn't tell me that you couldn't, couldn't I don't know if anyone could sell me on that Inside that's a comedy which I do like inside, and I know you very much don't. Because it's dreadful. <laughs> but I almost wouldn't classify it as a comedy, even though it is. It's hard to kind of yeah, classify it's, it's, that. It's, it's performance art. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Old. <laughs> Boy. We have our opinions on old, which is much worse than uh, anything else. Most most of the things I've seen this year, it is much worse mm. than. Um, but uh, it seems like... Two. I think we can agree that this is the funniest film of the year, even though yeah. I don't like it that much. Yeah, funniest film of the year. Yeah, totally. Although I might... Halloween Kills is pretty funny for a lot of reasons that maybe yeah, aren't intentional. True, 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 actually. Yeah, Halloween Kills is pretty funny. Um, Pig's got some good jokes in it. It's not a comedy, though. Definitely not a comedy. Not uh, laugh from that small mammon. Definitely not. Do you have any last thoughts on House of Gucci for this week, Stephen? um it's good it's real good you should watch it um doesn't it, it feels the the correct length really enjoyable sometimes it's nice just be seeing in a long movie um it's got a real italian flavor to it the italian flavor goes out of hand when it starts to be <laughs> just people that are clearly not italian just telling it off um jeremy irons is clearly a bad human being um look up what he said about homosexuality bad man um Ooh. but he's fun in it yeah no do look that up um but he is good in it and doesn't try to do an accent and i appreciate that um lady gaga is excellent 
Um, her accent isn't very good, but her performance is so good, and she gives such humanity to a character that doesn't have very say, much. I will say everyone is good in it, even Jared Leto, who is bad in an entertaining way. I, I, yeah. There's not a performance in this movie that I dislike. It's it's weird though because like Al Pacino appears and as always you're like well guess Al Pacino is just gonna walk like this. oh no Jared Leto's here it's fine <laughs> it's true it's hard to outshine Al Pacino but it's somehow it happens in this movie yeah yeah so yeah that's a that's Hasaguchi all right um, what uh, what else do we got going on Stephen um what else we have going on we've got this podcast obviously if you could um subscribe rate it on our podcast it'd be fantastic five stars or not because if, if you think it's less than five stars just don't tell anybody just i would agree with that it's, it's fine if you think that i we don't it's whatever you know, we, you know keep it to we, yourself we, we know believe us we know <laughs> but like either tell a nice lie or just be nice so just do that because that's how metrics work so please that'd be great thank you very much um you can see ranking the monsters about godzilla films gamma films white kaiju films you can listen to the relaunched Twin Geeks cast. The moment in the Rankin and Bass specials, um, very entertaining. You can talk about cricket on the half. Um, that's a thing that exists. <laughs> Enjoyed that. Um, three letters and five mics. Uh, rap music podcast about seminal albums. Animal- animals albums that <laughs> were given either three letters or five mics by hip hop magazines. It's a thing. Yes. Um, the Daydream Cast is a video game podcast about video games, and another podcast that may or may not be out by the time this is out. We're recording this a little bit in advance. We don't know. And uh, writing on the site, um, check Wait. it. There'll be stuff from myself. And but I don't know if I've got anything in the pipeline at the moment. Oh. I need to watch Metal Detect Maniac and write a review of that. That will be the next thing that I review. Which I'm very excited right. to watch. Look out for that one. You can follow us on Letterboxd. I am Zebra on Letterboxd. Just Wait, I thought you were Zero. Just, I you were zero just one word, Zebra. But I follow someone called Zero Zebra. Uh, I wouldn't recommend following that account at all. Uh, that's a <laughs> someone's impersonating me <laughs> to not be named. <laughs> but you can I find me just account. Zebra for all of your continued zebra needs yeah and i would yeah follow Stephen edge where i maintain a sincere persona um in juxtaposition to how i live the rest of my life <laughs> so enjoy my very serious writing on the site and the letterbox and then the general chaos that i bring outside of that um thank you for joining me vaughn a pleasure as always um i don't know what's i don't know what's next well i mean is there something we can dip back into that's Something a good question. Like, we have, yeah. we do have. There's a lot of stuff uh, coming up soon. We've got, uh, we got Spider-Man movie. We've mm. got Licorice Pizza, Paul Thomas Anderson's mm. latest. I'm trying to think. We got Nightmare Alley coming out, which I'll be covering for the site, but yeah. could be a, a podcast topic as well. I'm sure that there's more that I am not thinking of, but yeah, that's uh, that's what I've got. Still for now. dip back into Petite Maman um, because it's so fabulous. Very good movie. And I might get um, Vaughn to watch that powerful dog as well because that powerful dog. Very is much. Very, good. very much hoping to watch that soon. Would that would be a good one to talk about? I think. Yeah, that, that, that dog pretty powerful. So maybe. look out for potentially any or all of those in the near future and from, maybe a movie uh, involving a car maybe a car movie <laughs> maybe a car movie that would also maybe be a interesting. foreign car movie if, if we yeah, can finally know. watch the same one <laughs> or just do a podcast at each other uh, there's, there's, a, there's a podcast called the flop house and i forget what they were talking about men in black international with a guest and the guest realized 20 minutes in that they'd watched M- <laughs> men in black three by mistake <laughs> they thought men in black international was men in black three so Damn. they're just kicking back to at this point a, what's happening in men in black that's 3? a big difference <laughs> so there you go so yeah watch that i guess until next time thank you very much and goodbye